Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. It's good to be here. Um, if you're visiting with us, I just want to say welcome to East Taylor's Baptist Church. And um, if you're watching online, we welcome you as well. Um, outside in the lobby as you leave today, there's a guest table out there. You can just drop by, grab one of the gift bags there. There's information about our church and how we can maybe serve you better. And you can reach out to, to church staff uh, with some information there uh, in that bag. Uh, I just want to give a quick update on summer camp. We just got back yesterday, and let me first say this. We had great weather. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, we had two little storms for about half an hour each, and uh, it did not stop us one bit. But this, uh, this week's theme verse was from Ephesians 6, and it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. So we talked about... The armor of God this week, spiritual warfare, it's something we don't talk about very much in church, is spiritual warfare. And so we spent the first half of the week uh, really uh, studying the enemy a little bit, finding out who he is, how he operates, so that we can better defend uh, against his flaming arrows that come towards us. And so we had a, a good week looking at spiritual warfare. Parents, you got some great kids. Uh, we had 40-plus students going with us, and we didn't have to call one of you. So great job on that, parents. You're doing a good job. Um, if you've noticed on Wednesday nights, uh, our student ministries doubled in the past, I don't know, probably 10 months or so. And uh, so we had kind of our, uh, our OG group, if you will, those who have been here, grew up here, and then we have all these new people. And so we kind of had two, two groups going into camp. And so just a good week. Came back. Um, everybody knows everybody by first name now. They know their strengths, their weaknesses, the things they like about them, the things they don't like about them. Uh, but it's going to be good for the growth of our student ministry going forward. But uh, that's just a little small snapshot of camp. So uh, after the service today, there's going to be a video that's going to play on the screens. And it's only about four minutes. So even if you don't have students in student ministry, uh, it's worth your time just to sit and watch uh, and see what you support when you tithe here, what that money goes towards, and how it can change lives. Uh, and so just a great week at camp. just want to say thank you to East Taylorsville for sending us and letting us go. And um, it's just a really good week. I want to make note of two things, and then I will be quiet and get off the stage. Uh, in this um, calendar that's inside of your, your uh, bulletin, uh, there is a swim date for July 12th. This is not an issue with the calendar or with uh, the way Tracy did it as my oversight. That, sun, that Wednesday night, we'll be uh, getting ready for VBS, setting up tables and chairs, everything all over the church. And so we're going to move that swim date to this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night... Uh, all students 6th through 12th grade will be at my house from 6 to 8 o'clock. It's American night, so make sure you wear your red, white, and blue and get ready to do some American things. Uh, so if you show up here, you'll be here by yourself. Show up at my house uh, from 6 to 8 o'clock. And finally, this Friday, uh, we're going to go visit uh, and work at the new Finding Hope house that we're starting in Ellendale. Uh, and so if you're 6th through 12th grade and you want to go serve over there and check it out, uh, we'll go work that day for a little missions outreach day. Uh, even if you're not in 6th through 12th grade, if you're an adult and you just want to see this new project that we're starting up in Alexander County to start an orphanage here in Alexander County, uh, join in, 9 o'clock, be here, and we'll go. And we're going to work with Kevin Powell, so who knows what we're going to get into. Uh, hopefully it won't be septic stuff, but nonetheless, um, I don't want to deal with that on Friday. But seriously, if you're interested in, in getting involved in a local ministry, uh, we are going to start an orphanage alongside of Finding Hope here in Alexander County. So that's this Friday at 9 o'clock if you want to come. I'd be happy for you to ride along with us. But for now, if you will, stand up, turn to your neighbor, tell him hello, and welcome to East Taylorsville. Well, they're already coming forward with Hunter and Noel. We're going to spend this time of our service dedicating Noel to the Lord. And I just want to say uh, to Adam and Amber, I love you both. Amber watched you grow up, baptized you. Uh, Y'all don't know, but Adam kills cows, and that's a blessing to my life. And uh, appreciate that, brother. Appreciate May's meat. Amen. They've supplied our uh, vacation meals for uh, probably about 30 years now, so thank you so much. But I love you both. And the thing that I love the most about you is you love Jesus, you love each other. They're so faithful to the Lord. I want you to see two children, and they're here all the time. They don't have to be. You can make an excuse for anything, can't you? 
and uh, Adam and Amber have been faithful here, and I'm just honored to be your pastor, honored to be your friend. I love you both. And uh, we dedicated Hunter a little while ago, and now we're going to dedicate uh, his beautiful little sister. Uh, now listen to what Mark 10 says, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, then they brought little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them and blessed them. Isn't it amazing? That you can know the God of the universe through Jesus Christ with faith of a little child. Is that not a blessing? Aren't you thankful that that's how simple that God has made it? But this portion of this, this uh, service today, you're going to make a covenant with each other and with the Lord before your family and friends to raise these two children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you a question. If it's the desire of your heart, respond by saying we do. In presenting Noel to the Lord, do you promise through God's grace and the help of the church to teach your child the truths of the Christian faith, do you also promise through prayer, word, and example to bring Noel up in the nurture, discipline, and instruction of the Lord? And congregation, we're making a covenant today as well to do everything that we can with our spiritual gifts, our time, our talent, our treasure to help Noel come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you a question as well. Do you promise to provide spiritual instruction for Noel by giving of your time, talent, and resources, amen, and help her come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and do you promise to pray for Adam and Amber as they seek to raise Noel in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, would you respond by saying we do? All right, before we pray, I'm going to give you a few things here. We have a certificate that signifies this day. Here you go. We also have a Bible. We have... A Lamb's Book, which of course uh, that's available for anyone. It really, in picture form and also in word, explains the gospel really well. It's not just for children, but it's also for adults. So this is a tremendous book to use. Uh, we have a student ministry t-shirt to give her as well. And then this is a letter, I gave one to Hunter, okay, as well. And this is a letter to Noel on the day that she prays to receive Jesus, whether she's six years old or 60 years old, and it explains that we all were here today and that her parents made a promise to do the best that they can to raise her, the church did as well, and that we also prayed for her salvation. So we're going to do that right now. Let's pray together, okay? Father, as we come to you in prayer, I want to thank you for Adam and Amber. Lord, I want to thank you for their faith in you, their faithfulness to each other. Lord, and today we lift Noel up to you. And Father, we pray that you would save her at an early age. And Lord, use her personality, her gifts, her talents to bring honor and glory to your name. And Father, I pray that because of her birth, that the name of Jesus would be exalted and his kingdom would grow. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. And Father, we love you today. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. God bless you. Love you guys. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you.
and thank you. Now we come to one of the most important times of our service when we get to pray for ourselves, with our families, for other people. Um, I want to remember Patty Tarleton this morning. Uh, she has been at Catawba Hospital for quite some time now, so if you would lift her up in prayer. Also, uh, Scott Houston's father passed away, and his services will be tomorrow at Bunch Johnson Funeral, Funeral Home, I believe is the name of the, the, the funeral home. So if you will remember Scott and his family in prayer. And also, I know that you have many needs and requests that you'd like to make. So as the choir leads us in this time of worship, will you meet me here at the altar and let's pray together. Thank you. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we were so thankful, Lord, that we call on your name in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you hear us. And Father, I pray for those who are physically sick, Lord, there are so many in this, in our church congregation, Lord, who have been in and out of the hospital. Lord, there, there are many more who have gotten diagnoses that I'm sure will be kind of scary for them, but Lord, I'm so thankful that you can help and heal during that time as well. Father, I pray for Scott and his family. I pray for the pastor that's going to lead in those services tomorrow. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help him as he preaches to, to bring comfort to this family. Lord, and only you can heal the hurt that comes with death. And Father, I'm so thankful for the hope that we have, that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And Father, we're so thankful. But Lord, on this side of heaven, we still hurt and we still grieve. But Lord, you have a grace for that as well. Father, I pray for our services today. Lord, as we talk about the ascension of Jesus, Father, I pray that it would encourage us, Lord, in our, in our walk with Christ. I pray that, Lord, you would convict us, Lord, uh, conform us into your image. And, Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to pray and to worship today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much, choir. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to stand with me and turn to Acts chapter 1. We're going to be talking this morning about the ascension of Christ. We're going to uh, postpone our study in 1 Peter up until next week. And next week we'll be in the sanctuary for our services, so please uh, remember that. We'll try to do a phone tree to remind you. We're going to talk this morning about the importance of the ascension. Now, if, Michael, if you'll go to Luke chapter 24... When Luke writes his gospel, he writes to a man named Theophilus, and he says, I want to write an orderly account of the things that have happened, an orderly account of the events of Jesus' life. And he talks all about Jesus' life in Luke's gospel. And then he comes to this part. He talks about the crucifixion, the resurrection. And then notice what Luke says about Jesus. He said, He, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them, and carried up into heaven, the ascension. Now notice Acts chapter 1. Luke writes another letter to Theophilus, and he says, The former account, talking about Luke's gospel, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. Same words. Okay? Ascended. After he, he through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. And what Luke is saying to Theophilus is this. Jesus' birth was historical. His life was historical. His crucifixion was historical. His resurrection was historical. And we got proof of it. Many infallible proof. You don't, believe, you don't have blind faith. My faith is in a real person who really rose from the dead, and who really ascended. As a matter of fact, if your faith is not in that Jesus, you're not saved at all. Okay? You're, this is a real event. I don't believe in Peter Pan. I don't believe in Bigfoot. Right? I know some of y'all do, but I don't. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Without a doubt. That's what, the, what Luke is writing. He's a doctor. He's writing to his friend Theophilus, and he says, These things happened. He says, Being seen by them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Why did they not have the Spirit then? Because Jesus had not ascended. See, without the ascension, the birth, life, death, and resurrections doesn't mean a whole lot. The ascension is so important. He says, therefore, when he had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive, look, look at the word shall, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, because he hadn't come yet upon you, and you shall be, my, be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, ascended, and a cloud received him out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come. Okay, now listen to me. Will come. That's going to happen. Jesus cannot come back unless he has ascended. He will come in like manner, as you saw him, Go into heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I want to thank you for um, the truth that we have. Father, the greatest standard of truth that we have is the Old Testament and New Testament documents. Lord, 66 books, 40 authors, written over 1,500 years on three continents and three different languages, and they all point to Jesus. What an amazing book. Father, I pray that we'd never take your word lightly. I pray that we would never take these times of worship lightly. Father, my prayer is, if there's anyone here today who has never placed their faith in you, that today would be their day of salvation. And Father, as Christians, the ascension, Lord, of Jesus should give us great, great comfort. It should encourage us. No matter what we're facing in life, Lord, it should be a blessing to our lives. So Father, I pray that you'd encourage us today as you challenge us. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do for us. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. And once again, all of God's people said together, amen. Think about the ascension. Enoch was translated, the Bible says. Elijah was taken up. 
uh, Jesus said, talked to Nathaniel about ascending, seeing angels ascending up and down Jacob's ladder. One could ascend to Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, many of the Psalms are called Ascension Psalms where the Jews would march to Jerusalem. Okay? R.C. Sproul said the term could be used figuratively, excuse me, to refer to the elevation of a king to his royal office. They would often say the king ascended to the throne. Okay? But no one had ever ascended to heaven. No one. Only one person has. Only one real living person has. Okay? And that is Jesus. R.C. Sproul said the ascension of Jesus was the supreme political event of world history he ascended. The ascension is so important. Why? The first thing is this, because Jesus returned to the Father. God is a trinity, and from the beginning of time and even before time began, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit always lived together in perfect union, but then the unimaginable happened. God told his son, he said, go to earth in the form of a man and die on a cross for their sins. Notice what Jesus says. This is after, uh, the Lord, after they were met, met in the upper room and he washed the disciples' feet. And then he talks to the disciples. He says, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Jesus says this, I'm going to ascend because I have to go back to the Father. Jesus longed to go back to the Father. You don't understand the, 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 the depths that Jesus took to leave heaven's throne to come here. And while Jesus was here, he longed to be with the Father. As a matter of fact, in John 17, Jesus says, I desire to go back to be with you. And you know what Jesus' prayer is for you? Jesus has a prayer. He says, I desire that my people that I died for, that they be with me in glory with you. So every time there's a death in your family and that person knows Jesus, understand that Jesus prayed for their death because he loves them more than you do. It should give you great comfort. He says, I desire that my people be with me in glory, just as Jesus desired to go back to the Father. That was his great desire was to go back to the Father. As a matter of fact, he says, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. John 20, 17, when Mary Magdalene came to Jesus after the resurrection and she grabbed him, Jesus said this, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my Father and your Father to be my God and your God. You ever been homesick for heaven? You ever been homesick for anywhere? When I went to the Philippines in 2005, we were going for 10, 12 days. Man, I, I, beautiful place, loved it. I've told you stories about it. Greatest mission trip of my life was in the Philippines, the Polog. Loved it. The, the team we had was wonderful. We did medical clinics, and we did a basketball clinic. Just everything you wanted to do. Beautiful weather every day, okay? But guess where I longed for? Alexander County. And I hard to believe? You're over here, and it was a beautiful place, but I longed to be back here. That was my desire. When I got off the plane in Charlotte, I kissed the ground. I did. I did, because I, I miss my family so much. Think about how homesick you've ever, the, home, the most homesick you've ever been. Jesus was way, it was way more. He says, I desire to go back to the Father. So when Jesus ascended, he went back to the Father. See, listen, we often talk about the empty cross and the empty tomb, but we rarely talk about the empty earth. The cross was empty because Jesus died. You don't take a person who's still alive down from a cross. The tomb was empty because Jesus rose. The earth is empty because of, because of Christ's physical presence, because Christ ascended, and he is no longer here physically with us. So the first reason that the ascension is important is because Jesus returned to the Father. The second reason that it, the ascension is important because Jesus ascended to a throne. Now think about that for a moment. Think about a throne. A throne is a place of power and authority. A throne is a place of majesty and honor. A throne is a place of perfect justice. I hope you're listening to me. I don't know if you've ever been in a courtroom situation and stood before a judge, but there's nothing more intimidating than that. Now, the Bible says one day, if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, that you're going to stand before a king named Jesus before a great white throne, and he's going to have the books of your life opened. And you know what you're going to say? Nothing. You talk about intimidation. Or you can place your faith in Jesus, and he can be your advocate, 
And that's how you get to heaven. Amen? Listen, there is a throne that represents perfect justice. There's a throne that is a place of sovereignty and holiness. This throne is a place of eternal life. And this throne is a place of grace. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And Jesus Christ is still on the throne. See, when he was here, he was a king, okay? But it became official when he ascended to the throne because Jesus said this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was right here in the midst of them, but it was not until after Jesus' ascension and his return to heaven that he took the rightful place on the throne. Can you imagine when Jesus ascended? Now, I've seen presidential inaugurations. I watched about two minutes of the thing in England where that guy was a king. What's his name? Chuck, Charles, Chuck, Charles or something. Okay. Can you imagine when Jesus ascended the throne? Read Psalm 110. It's the most quoted Old Testament passage in the New Testament. David says, God says to him, I will make your enemies your footstool because you're the king. Daniel had a vision, and he said this, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, talking about Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven, which, which signif- Jesus says, when I come back, I'll come with the clouds of heaven because I'm leaving the throne. Okay, He says, He approached the Ancient of Days, which is God, and was led into his presence. And now this is what God gave Jesus. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power, All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. All kingdoms fall, don't they? Look at our history. Don't you love history? I love watching documentaries if they're not biased. If you can find one, if you find one, let me know. Because I love to see how kingdoms rose and how they fall. Jesus' kingdom will never fall. Jesus is the king. Daniel 2 44 says this, and in those days, the kings, those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put to end all the kingdoms, but it itself will live forever. Zephaniah, if you'll read on the screen, says this Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt it with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You will fear disaster no more. In the New Testament, Matthew 2, 2, the wise men came looking for the baby Jesus. They followed the star, and when they went into Jerusalem, they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Paul put it this way, talking about Jesus. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the king of kings and lord of lords who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen nor can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. Amen. That king is my king. That king is sovereign over your life. That king has all authority. That king rules and reigns at the right hand of God. At the end of time, the the writer of the book of Revelation, John, says this, I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped with blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen and white and clean Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword which will strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has written this name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What does that mean? That means if you're in Christ, you belong to a kingdom. And your king is sovereign over all. And that kingdom will never end. It's the ascension of Christ that gives us authority For the mission. Jesus said this after his resurrection. All authority is given to me, just like Daniel said in his vision in Daniel 7. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Jesus grounds the mission of the church in his authority, and that authority is given to him in his resurrection and then his ascension. Number three, at the ascension, because of the ascension, excuse me, Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit. Notice John 14 says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, when, when Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Jesus is not here. He says, I will give you another counselor, talking about the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So if you ever wonder what the truth is, the Spirit will always lead you in truth. Always. The world cannot accept Him. The world can't. Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I don't care where you go, if you're a Christian, on the planet, how bad your life seems or how bad you've done, the Holy Spirit's with you. He never, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Think about that for a moment. If Jesus had not ascended, the Holy Spirit would not be here with us today. In John 16, 7, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Over in Ephesians 4, 8, Paul says this about it. All the writers agree in Ephesians 4. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, notice he took many captives. And if you understand the doctrine of Sheol, what that means is the Old Testament saints who placed their faith in Jesus were in Sheol. And then after the resurrection, Jesus comes and takes them back to heaven. And then after that, he says he gives gifts to his people. The reason you're spiritually gifted today is because God in his grace after he ascended, gave the Holy Spirit to you. Acts 1.8 that we just read about, Jesus said this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what does that matter, the Holy Spirit's here? Now notice what Paul says at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4. Paul makes this statement. And I've shared this with you several times. At my first defense, now Paul's in jail writing to Timothy, right? He dies. The last thing he writes is this. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. Greatest New Testament Christian is Paul. Unbelievable. And he said, at his first defense, no one stood with him. When Paul's in the courtroom in Rome, he's on trial for his faith. And you had to have witnesses to defend you. Now, Paul had a lot of friends that traveled with him. And what the, what the judge would do or the person in the courtroom would say, is anyone here with, on behalf of the apostle Paul? They'd do that two or three times. And Paul's listening. This is the apostle Paul. Crickets. Can you imagine how Paul gave his life for the gospel and he's on trial, and not one person would stand up for him. Then he says this, May it not be charged against him. He's a better man than I am. Okay? But the Lord stood with me. Now, was the Lord there? He wasn't there, was he? Paul knew he was there. And the Lord strengthened me. Friends, do you need strength today? Do you need strength? Do you need encouragement? Do you need comfort? God can be with you anywhere through the Holy Spirit. And it only happens because he ascended. One of the great blessings of the ascension is that Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, to lead us in all righteousness. Paul said this to the church at Rome, that you are led by the Spirit. That's present tense, which means moment by moment, if you'll, if you'll humble yourselves, the Holy Spirit can lead you in all truth and Christ-likeness. How does that happen? Only because Jesus ascended. The king rose, went on the throne, and all these things, we're, we're the recipients of all these things. And then the final thing is this. Because Jesus ascended, you need to understand that right now, at this moment, Jesus is praying for you. Think about that. Notice Paul writing to the church at Rome, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us.
Now, I've been many places in Alexander County, and somebody will say, Preacher, I'm praying for you, and I really do appreciate that. Now, think about that. Somebody prays for you. Is that not a blessing? One of the greatest ministries that you can have is to pray for somebody else. Your prayers can go where you can't go, right? Your prayers can go where you can't go. If we have somebody at Baptist Hospital and they're very sick, I can go, you probably can't, okay? But your prayers can. Now think about this. Right now, and I don't understand it all, but Jesus Christ is interceding for you if you're his child. I, 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 I believe, and it's my personal belief, that when you get to heaven, one of the reasons you made it through those times is because he prayed you through. I remember Clyde Meesemore telling me, and I've shared this with you before too, when he was in World War II, one of the battles he was in, almost all the men died. Almost all of them died. He was one of the few people that originally went into this battle, and it's, you, can, you can read it on Wikipedia, and lived. He was one of the few. They just sent in reinforcements, okay? And, and he lived, and, and Clyde was telling me one time, he called me preach. Okay? Clyde could call me whatever he wanted to, okay? Preach. I said, how'd you make it through, Clyde? He said, he said, every morning I'd get up and sit on a stump and drink a cup of coffee. He said, bombs going everywhere, fighting, shooting. He said, I just drink a cup of coffee. And he said, my, the man over him said, Clyde, how, do you, how are you so calm? This is what Clyde Meesmore said. I got a mama back home praying. And he said, preach, you can say what you want to, but I made it back home. Friends, I'll tell you something. You got a Savior that's praying for you. You got a Savior that loves you, and he's praying for you, and he's interceding for you right now. That strength that you need, I would encourage you to humble yourself before the King and ask for it. The direction in your life that you need. You have to humble yourself before the king and ask for it. The peace that you need in your life. Humble yourself before the king and ask for it. The help that you need physically and emotionally. Humble yourself before the king and ask for it. You have a friend or family member that doesn't know the Lord. Why don't you beg God to save them? Say, God, send the Holy Spirit. I can't be where they are. But you can, and will you please say them because you ascended, you're sitting at the right hand of the Father, and you have all authority, and I trust you. I want you to stand with me with every head bowed and every eye closed. And if you're here today, I would say this, and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, that these things only apply to God's children, only apply to his children. But today you can become a child of God. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You can be saved today. And I would tell you this, if you die today without Christ, there's no bridge from hell to heaven. There's no second chances. It's a reality I face as a 21-year-old old man. When I placed my faith in Jesus, I understood that Jesus Christ was real and it was time to stop playing games in my life. If that's you today, I would encourage you to repent and believe the gospel. But Christian, to you, I say this, come to Jesus this morning. Do you need comfort in your life? Come to the ascended Christ. Do you need strength in your life? Come to the ascended Christ. Do you need peace in your life? Come to the ascended Christ. Do you need salvation? Come to the ascended Christ. He alone can comfort, strengthen, give peace and salvation. The choice is yours this morning. After I pray, you respond as the Lord leads you. Father, as I come to you in prayer, I'm so thankful that we can come to you and you have, you have ascended to the right hand of God the Father that you set on the throne. And Lord, you're interceding for this invitation now. And Father, I pray for Christians that need your touch, that need to be strengthened like Paul did. Lord, you strengthen them. Father, I pray for anyone here that's never placed their faith and trust in you. I pray that you would save them today and be glorified because of their salvation. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you alone can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But Sharon leads us in this song. You respond as the Lord leads you this morning.
you bow your heads in prayer just for a moment? If you're here today and you, and, you're a pers- and you have a personal relationship with Jesus, why don't you just ask the Lord to give you the strength that you need? Why don't you just ask the Lord now quietly to encourage your heart? Why don't you ask the Lord to give you the direction that you need and then trust Him? Surrender yourself afresh and anew to the ascended Christ. And if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus today, I'm praying for you now that the Lord will touch your heart and open your blind eyes and you'll say yes to Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful for your mercy. Father, thank you for not only living, dying in our place, rising from the dead, but Lord, you've ascended on high. And Lord, we long to see you one day because you will come back. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say together, amen. Thank you. God bless you. I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon and we'll see you back here Wednesday. Thank you.